Inherently Happy, episode 226, Fair Happy. First, the happy creed. We believe in happy, in balance and growth, of being mindful and grateful, compassionate and understanding. Yowza ha ha, my happy friends. I just want things to be fair. And not for a specific group, per se, but for a way of being. If someone does a good job at something and they get rewarded, that seems fair. If someone does a bad job and they get rewarded, that doesn't seem fair. If someone does a great job and they don't get rewarded, that doesn't seem fair. And if someone does a terrible job and they don't get rewarded, that seems fair. I like it when things are fair. Not just for me, but for other people too. If I catch someone picking on somebody else, well, I'm a big old Budinsky. I don't try to pick a fight, I just distract and de-escalate as best I can. I remember the days of being bullied, the months, the years. However, there were relatively few specific incidents of acute torment. It was more like a prolonged shunning. But in any case, I don't want to see others go through it. When you see bullies on TV and in the movies, they're out for lunch money or have a prejudicial agenda and are just looking to inflict some punishment because their home life is unfair and they don't know how to ask for help. But for me, it was more about being routinely excluded. Why, you ask? I've often wondered. Maybe because I'm a big old silly belly with deeply aggressive tendencies. Despite having a high threshold for idle abuse... If anyone ever tried to physically assault me, then I wasn't above going into berserker mode, where I didn't care who or what got hurt, including myself, thus ignoring all the rules of typical bully-victim engagement. I would fight back ferociously if anyone tried to so much as touch me, yelling at the top of my lungs and swinging wildly with zero form or predictability, allowing no one to get away unscathed. I'd been yelled at, roughed up, humiliated, and betrayed by true experts experts in their fields. So a couple of rookie classmates weren't about to get away without a fight. You'd think that would be the end of it, but no. Someone who chooses to be silly, like I do, and I do, and refuses to conform to even the most basic, basic of expected behaviors has no protections under the law and very few allies. You may safely mock and even shun such a one as that, with little fear of public backlash. When I'm in a good mood, I'm unabashedly exuberant, which is how I like to be. But to some others, that can be a bit much. And as a result, I was routinely excluded from social activities by people who just wished I would tone it down some. But honesty and forthrightness were things I felt were severely lacking in the world. And so I didn't want to be part of that problem. If I see you, and I know you, I don't say, Oh, how nice it is to see you again. I do hope you've been well. No. Instead, I say, Hey! How you doing? How you been? What's going on? Because I actually want to connect. Not revenge. Connect. Fairness. Kindness. It's how I meet people and become friends with them. 
Now, anyway. All the things the years of shunning deprived me of. One thing the shunning did provide, however, was the deep satisfaction that can be found in solitude. As a very young kid, before the fall, I loved having friends and doing fun things. So then when I hit the friendship drought, which became a dust bowl that lasted for years, it was hard to quit being sociable cold turkey. The shunning grew worse, however, until it reached the level of conspiracy, where I was not only blackballed, but considered fair game for all manner of agonizing displays of neglect and cruelty. I was once kept off the invite list of a quote-unquote class-wide party. So thorough and complete was their shunning that I didn't even know the party existed. No small feat in elementary school. Well, that should have been the end of it. But some of them must have decided to add a big old fat insult to that injury by setting me up for some added humiliation days in advance. They contrived to have the class clown himself, my idol, lead me astray. I, myself, had no standing in the class other than as its punching bag, all because I dared to be silly for the sake of being silly. Because laughing kept me from raging or crying, which means they really should have been thanking me for not flipping out constantly. And then there was this other somewhat silly kid who was actually respected for it, as opposed to barely being tolerated. So when this great and powerful class clown invited me over to his house, the first such request from anyone in years, I was insanely hopeful that it meant my prospects were soon to improve. But, as it turned out, it was just another way to further disgrace me. They figured that I, like a normal person, would wait around for a few minutes and then leave. When the class clown never showed up to his own house. But I wasn't about to miss my chance at the first offer of friendship I'd had in three years. So I waited a long time. So long, in fact, that eventually his mom came home from her day out to find me there waiting. And so, knowing nothing of the ruse herself, asked me why I wasn't at the party. Party? She told me all about it. And so I immediately went over there to crash it, you can absolutely bet. And I got the privilege of witnessing shunning in real time, a rare sight. Wherever I was, other people simply didn't want to be. Everyone was standing in the front yard when I got there. And as I stood there, they gradually started going inside and around to the back. Not at a dead run or anything obvious like that. Oh no, they were far more subtle. Because this was no longer a joke to them. This was war. A war of attrition. And they just really wanted to distance themselves from me in any way they could. I soon realized I was all alone in the front yard. And so I went around to the back to see where everyone else went. There they were. And that's where the food and the punch were. Score! It wasn't until the backyard eventually emptied out too, however, that I finally understood their fundamental and apparently universal aversion to me. Funny thing is, even if I had known about the party ahead of time that I wasn't invited to, I never would have bothered to crash it 
if they hadn't had the balls to prank me first, triggering my sense of fair play. Theirs was no idle joke to me. They knew full well I had no friends, and so by toying with me in so cruel a manner, it left me little choice but to bring the fight to their doorstep. But a group shunning is a powerful thing, in that you can't hope to win them over if they won't even engage. I still insist on fairness, sometimes to the exclusion of all else, and run the risk of going a little fair happy. But then sometimes I just prefer solitude. An extrovert forced to live as an introvert becomes an introvert, which, as I define it, is someone who really only recharges when given the chance to be alone. I may still have some residual extroverted tendencies, but I am fundamentally changed from an extroverted extrovert to an extroverted introvert. And if not for writing and drawing and filmmaking and art as my outlets and methods to connect, I may very well have succumbed to my revenge fantasies, enforcing all my fairness policy and enforcing all my fairness policies with extreme ardor and overarching zeal. But so long as I always, at the very least, have a pen and some paper handy to exercise the anger that sometimes threatens to possess me, then all will be well. Wait, where are they? Oh no, it's happening. Ah, I'm just being silly. But seriously, I really hate unfairness. That part's true. Ha ha, yowza.